The omnipotent editor knows all the tricks by now, I'm sure, but first impressions stick, so I am leading with my best foot first. So now I wait for the response. Okay, I think I can finally hear myself. Yes, that is my voice. Thank God. Hi, 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 hi. How are you? Good. Welcome. We're back. A month I had to take off right there. As you know, thanks for the emails. Thanks for, you know, seeing if I was alive. There was two people. Are you alive? You know, that that makes me feel special. An are you alive email from a fan? Thank you. You know? Somebody thought of me. All right. Look, we I had a month off where I had to move. That's a big thing. Get Go from one place to another. That's important. And then there was a lot of chaos revolving around if next quarter of school was going to be online or in class. And that kind of threw me for a whirl. So I don't know if I was going to be here or in San Diego or what the fuck I was going to do. But now I am here. School's online. UC San Diego is online. But that is not what we are here for. During that month, I got to interview, talk to, have a conversation with one of my favorite artists of the last couple of years, Bug Hunter. I, I, I got recommended to him about two years ago from one of my friends at work. And I've been listening to his music every day for the last two years. He's part of some of my playlists. He always comes on. With your, I don't know, curated playlist. Oh my god, whoa. With your curated, what do you listen to all the time? Your daily mixes. And I just, I'm always listening to him. I reach out to him for an interview. His album was coming out. Perfect timing. And I got to talk to him. Hey, you can tell on certain parts that your friend here was a tad bit nervous. You know, you listen to this guy so much. And then he's on your computer screen. And you're like, oh, I'm fucking talking to him? That's super weird. But, you know, just had such a calming effect on you you know he just starts talking you're like oh, i've heard this voice a billion times and he's just a normal person with such a special talent of writing music and he's just great and you know what let's get into it his music comes out his new album better than myself comes out august 20th everywhere literally everywhere go stream it go torrent it go do whatever go find it at wherever illegally download it it'll be online somewhere on your phone you can find it i'll link his socials below all i ask from you wherever you're listening to this youtube spotify apple podcast stitcher soundcloud literally wherever leave a quick follower subscribe it it helps so much and then wherever you listen to bugs music go follow him too he's great and i don't think i can put into words how much it helps us just literally a quick follow a quick sub to both of us wherever you listen to it awesome 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 i'm gonna shut up and let us listen to this episode with the great and powerful Cody Hunter, or as we all know him, Bug Hunter. Never even told. We never even thought in the long run. Hey, you, take a seat. No. Take a seat, huh? Well, I wish I took a simpler route. 
Instead of having demons, that's as big as my house. Almost. I wanted her to look at me. But she couldn't pull her eyes away from you and your... The last, the last single I wanted to talk about, Take It Back. Yeah. For me listening to it, and it's such an introspective song, mm-hmm. I, I like th- that song and Listen to Your Mom are my favorite two songs. Okay, right, right all right. Obviously, huge McCracken fan. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> everybody loves it. Yeah. Um, when does that become, when does that idea become a song and then matching the matching the lyric, the, the the music to it, the melody to it, putting yeah. it all together. And is it difficult to write music like that deep and introspective? Yeah. Um, what I, difficult? I wouldn't say it's... Di- it, it took me a long time to get to that point, right? So, you know, Take It Back is a mm-hmm. song that is, uh, you know, I wrote... Gosh, so three albums... You know, each of those albums had many songs that I wrote that, you know, obviously weren't included. Um, So by the time I wrote Take It Back, you know, I had quite a bit under my belt. Um, We were in the process of of writing and recording the rough draft at the time that I wrote that song. And Mm -hmm. the way that I write music is I'm always writing music in in a sense so that uh, if I have a thought, I will just text it to myself. And so if I go through my text conversation to myself, uh, I just have idea after idea, and maybe it's just a word or a phrase or a cool rhyme or something like that. And so, uh, f- what I'll do is when I'm writing a song, when I come up with a riff or some chord progression or something that I think I have a melody for, um, which for Take It Back is you know you know that that intro riff that kind of goes throughout the song. I'm sitting there playing that just over and over and over and over again. And I actually, I think at the time I was using lyrics to a different song to just kind of play with the melody, right? So I had a different yeah. song that I was working on. It was like, okay, well, maybe these words will be this song. Um, ended up not being the case, but I went through my notes and uh, I found a note that I had written to myself maybe a year before that that said, uh, formal application to heaven. Uh, just that idea. You know, I didn't, I didn't have much more than that. Um, and so... I read that and I'm playing the riff and then that just became, you know, I sent my resume to God, you know, and I was like, okay, what's that? Let's yeah. keep kind of going down. Once I said that, I was like, okay, this is an idea. Like, let's just see kind of where it goes. And that song in particular, it was, a, you know, just from the first line, uh, was very obvious to me where it was going, going to go. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't, it, there wasn't, too many other places you could take it. Um, I think when I, I originally had the idea for formal application to heaven, I thought it maybe like is a funny song. Maybe it's like something kind of tongue in cheek or comical. Um, obviously not where I ended up kind of going with the idea. Um, but that's kind of how it started. It was find the riff, find the mood, and then go back to old ideas and try and try and see what, what paired together. And as soon as I said that first line, just, you know, sitting on the floor, it was like, boom. Do you almost have to take your, once you understand that mood of that song, Yeah. and it is, you know, kind of dark in a way, Yeah. do you have to take yourself into a dark place to, I don't know, like for a, a songwriting period, just to like, I have to get this out of me? Yeah, yeah. And, and it, do you like, do you like going to that, 
that dark place? Uh, to me, you know, and, and I, I'd say this is about all of my music is that, um, you know, I, I don't wallow. I don't throw pity parties in my music. Uh, mm-hmm. If I'm going to complain about something or if I'm going to point out um, something negative or 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 challenges, uh, I'm going to I'm going to bring it back around by the end. Um, you know, I don't I don't like to stay in that area of like, woe is me. Things are bad. You know, can't can't get out of it. I like mm-hmm. to find a way to to have it motivate and push you forward. So for me, take it back. You know, I do that through the course of the song. It is a heavy yeah. song, but I don't I guess I don't consider it to be a dark song um, in that I feel like it is more hopeful than it is, um, you know, a downer. Uh, yeah, the chorus is a little, little, it does, it goes up for a second yeah. and then you go back into that kind of, yeah. I don't know, like Mumford and Sons yeah. riff, which yeah. I, I love that. I yeah. love the opening to that yeah. song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one that, you know, when I play it and it's, it's not one that, you know, I'll do live stream sometime on Instagram and people will I'm throw out suggestions to be play, you know, play Dear McCrack and play Key to Being Lonely, play Disco in the Panic Room. Cool. Sounds great. Awesome. Someone says, play Take It Back. I'm like, let's, let's pause on that one because it's just, I'll, maybe I'll play it later, but I need, I can't just at the drop of a hat, just, all right, we're going to get into this mood and we're going to, we're going to go there right now. I've always been fascinated with, uh, like people like John Mayer, he mm-hmm. always talks about how his favorite songs are the ones that nobody listens to, mm-hmm. like the deep cuts. And it's like fourth or fifth album that yeah. just nobody like compared to slow dancing in the burning room, which yeah. has like a billion streams. Yeah. This one has like 25 million. Yeah. Do you, and he says sometimes he almost feels like resentment towards it. Do you have different relationships with every single song you write? Cause like how many times does it get old anytime? Like, oh, play McCracken again. Yeah. Or are you just, you do seem like a very thankful person to have that song be, you know, Yo, it's, like yeah. a cold, it's like yeah. a cold hit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I'm sitting at a little shy of two million streams, which isn't exactly John Mayer, right? So mm-hmm. I'm grateful for every single person who wants to hear that song. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I definitely don't have an ego about it. Um, it's a song that, do I practice it anymore? Not really. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know the song. I know how it goes. And uh, I know the story. And I've told the story. And I love telling the story. And I love playing the song live. But, yeah, I w- I'd say I don't sit in my room playing Dear McCracken over and over again. Because, you know, I, I, I know the song. Um, but there are, definitely, there are definitely songs that I would consider. Uh, I feel I personally like or feel like they are stronger than the the reception that they got, I guess, when, mm-hmm. when released or, you know, some, sometimes I get a little surprised by which songs kind of bubble up to the top. Cause you know, I, I see on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, what songs are getting listened to just from different, you know, Spotify dashboard yeah. or things like that. So I know, you know, as many people say like, Oh, this is my favorite song. This is my favorite song. I know what people prefer because, you know, I can see the stats. Um, yeah. So some of that has been surprising. Do you find, um, obviously there's different views on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Like, is it good? They, do they pay people enough? Do mm-hmm. you get enough money for it? Do you find that 
it's an overall positive or negative because without Spotify and like I found your music initially through a playlist, mm-hmm. um, and then I kind of like not forgot about it. Yeah. But my friend at work, he's like, oh, you have to listen to this. Like, I was telling him I love indie music. Yeah. I love, like, Ed Sheeran and stuff. He's like, oh, lyrics, you got to listen to Bug Hunter. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember that name. Yeah. And she found it through a Spotify playlist, too. Do you have, like, a? do you think that's beneficial, like, in yeah. the long run? So, I, I you know, I, I'm not here without Spotify. Um, you know, whatever people want to say about Spotify and their model – how much they pay artists, things like that. Um, you know, you and I aren't having this conversation without Spotify. It, mm-hmm. It's, I've I've had a couple of things be successful for me on sites like Reddit that have kind of given me like a little bit of a boost where people say, oh, this is a cool, like this Jim McCracken song. Uh, you know, here's an animation that somebody made, uh, and you see a big spike in people, you know, checking out the music. But Spotify keeps the the train going right where mm-hmm. i don't i don't spend any money on advertising or marketing or anything like that i just let spotify recommend it to people on their discover weekly playlists and release radar and different algorithmic playlists like that and honestly i don't even i don't even show up on any curated playlists you know I'm not, there's it's not like spotify you know the people at spotify are putting me on playlists it's just purely algorithm and uh you know they don't they don't pay a lot you know they they yeah, pay they, they pay some um i still have a full time job because they don't you know it's not it's not enough money coming in to you know put a roof over my head but it's enough money to keep going right it's it's yeah. now a self-funded hobby rather than years ago when it was just i would spend hundreds to thousands of dollars just to play music because it was really fun and i enjoyed it now you know if i need a new microphone Bug Hunter pays for the new microphone just by, you know, passive income, which is nice. But uh, I could see, I can see why. Uh, There's a love and hate. Yeah, the, what, what what it's done it. is it's it's given everybody a small audience, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not unique in this. And uh, two years ago, I thought I was, you know, two years ago when all of a sudden I was getting two thousand plays a day or three thousand plays a day, I was like, oh, like this is amazing. I'm like the next big thing. But you realize that there are a lot of artists who are finally finding their niche audience um, that 10 years ago never would have. If if I was making music 10 years ago, I would still be just obscure guy in my closet just making music for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's allowed way more people to find some audience, but not, not the John Mayer, Taylor Swift levels of success. Um, that you know you expect i think some people expect they know my music and they hear my music and they love my music so they you know i I get it all the time that people are surprised that i don't do this full time uh but the reality yeah what's your response to the whole i always see it in your videos like this guy's so underrated yeah (laughs) like what's your kind of response to that like all the time i'm just waiting for like five million more people to keep saying it and eventually maybe uh it won't be true anymore maybe i'll be perfectly rated (laughs) yeah because sometimes there'll be there'll be people who have you know huge fan bases Mm -hmm. like 10 million instagram followers 20 million and uh spotify listeners and they're just like oh this guy's underrated it's like "Ah, i don't think they're almost as they're underrated yeah but um do you ever like almost 
Because for me, I don't get, I only get like around a thousand per episode, mm-hmm. which is for me, I kind of look for it in like perspective. Like a thousand, like I don't yeah. even know a thousand people. Yeah. Like if I saw a thousand people in front of me, like all of them told me, yeah. hey, I listened to your podcast, I would be like, that that would be nuts. But I, I'm kind of detached to it at the yeah. same time because it's just like a number on like yeah. a statistics page. And then it's just like, oh, I look at somebody else's and they have like, I don't know, yeah, like 50 million monthly. And right. It's just like, oh. Right. Is but, it sometimes you have to like, because you have around 80,000 right now. And yeah. that's a, it's a lot of people. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Um, but, you know, what I've learned is, you know, a thousand is nothing to sneeze at. Right. I know I know a lot of very talented artists who are putting just as much effort into what I'm doing uh, and you know they're getting like two listens a day, three listens a mm-hmm. day. you know all of their songs are just less than a thousand a year after release, right And that's where I was after Torn between a couple, right I released that album in March 2017 and those songs just sat on Spotify, just like the album before it, you know, it's just like, no one, no one's listening to it. My family might go check it out. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was, I actually, I, I looked at this the other day because I went back to, uh, my first, first album. So before bug Hunter, uh, I released an album under just the name bug. And at the time I it shared a page on Spotify with a a bunch of other bugs. And so there wasn't the Spotify dashboard. And so just recently I went back to see what the stats were on the release day of that album. And one of the songs on like the release day got six listens. And I was like, man, I I couldn't even get all of my family and friends to listen to it on the first yeah. day. It's a challenge. It is a super big challenge. So a thousand people, uh, that is very difficult to do uh, and it's a big achievement and mm. I, I i feel like there's there's so much to do with momentum in in kind of art people are very reluctant to like something if they don't think that other people like something yeah that's if, what i have a very i like i have a big problem with music critics mm-hmm. i don't i think right now um i don't know why people like all right, I like a song. Now I have to go see if other people like mm-hmm. that song. And mm-hmm. if like a critic doesn't like it and say, says like, oh, this is bad, yeah. then they're just like, all right, I'm not going to listen to this for yeah. some reason. When it's like yeah. music is subjective, like you have to. <laughs> right. And, you know, I've, I've found that it, at this level, when I reach out to blogs or music journalism sites and I say, hey, I'd love a review on, you know, my new upcoming thing that's coming out, uh, they're not going to give me a bad review. They will not publish a review, right? That's what I get to say, oh, we don't have time in our schedule. Uh, but no one, I think at this at this level, is going out of their way to knock someone down when we're like trying to like just get on the first first or second rung of the ladder. I don't think anybody's yeah. like, you know, no one's going to go on and be like, oh, Bug Hunter, Rough Draft, hate it. Make sure you avoid this album. They just won't publish or they just won't put it on their site, you know, yeah. um, which I'm grateful for, you know, um, because it is it is so much about momentum. And I find that as I get more and more listeners and more and more streams, people have become more willing to like it um, just because they they are validated ahead of time other people like this thing, so it's okay to like. 
Um, mm. Because the music hasn't changed, you know. Uh, key to being lonely is sitting at five hundred thousand streams on Spotify, uh, mm. where it it was there. It was there for six months before McCracken came out, and it was the same song. Uh, it's just it's all a matter of I don't know. There's there's some weird. Was there like a day that you saw where McCracken went into one of these algorithmic? playlist yeah and you just saw boom yeah because that's what's happened to me i got put onto the front page of a of a uh podcast i don't even know what the site is called mm-hmm. they put it on and then they just like went up like similar to you my first 80 podcast yeah. i swear to god i like i would i would look at it, it was like yeah. eight people eight yeah. people eight mm-hmm. people and then one day just you know go, went up yeah um Going back to that real quick, I, I'll write down the question. Um, being, do you find that artists are like too attached to numbers sometimes, and kind of get too addicted to the numbers in like when it's really about you know music and yeah. art, and just like for yourself sticking to that music, and then one day yeah. your catalog just will just get viewed by people who you just like. Sticking yeah. to the art more. Yeah. Like, do it, people get too discouraged in a way? Right. And I, I think, you know, it's it's hard because it's it's what those numbers represent. Um, every artist wants to reach people. And so, obviously, that number represents success in doing that. Um, it's, it's validation. You know, for me, you know, I grew up a, a very math and science kid where, you know, in math and science, you take a test there's an answer, right? You get asked two plus two, it's four. And mm-hmm. everyone is able to come to that conclusion, right? If you teach somebody how to add, they can get the answer, right? You can't teach somebody how to make good art uh, that people are going to like. So there's a different type of validation between, uh, you know, I got 100% on my physics test versus I got 80,000 people monthly listening to my music they're both accomplishments but one is objective and one is subjective and for me that subjective validation is more meaningful because there's no there's no trick or guarantee or formula that you can just learn and as long as you follow the steps you get there um and so then what it also represents um for artists like especially me at this stage is freedom um the more people who listen to my music, the better chances that I have of making it my life. You know, like I said, I still have my full-time job and I, and I really like my job. I don't have a bad job, but would I enjoy playing music full-time more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so for me, that that number, you know, represents, hey, if I keep growing, if I keep pushing if I just get a little further if I can double this and then double it again you know what does that mean in terms of you know supporting myself with my music Uh, and so I try not to get bogged down with that I think the approach that I take is you know I know that there are certain things that I could do to give myself more advantages you know, mm-hmm. I know for a fact that if I were to take the uh, 11 songs that I have for my new album and I were to release one song every two weeks for, you know, 20 weeks, I would get more listeners than the way I'm going to do it. 
where because I just like to release an album. You know, that's just mm-hmm. what I want to do. That's how I envision it. And I know I can try and play things to the algorithm because they and they want you to release just singles at a time and they want them to be about three minutes long. And there are th- ways that I could game it to give myself the advantages. But I w- I have a vision for what I want to do. And you're trying to do it your way. I'm trying to do it my way. And maybe that is the thing holding me back. Maybe Mm -hmm. it is. But uh, from my perspective, if I'm not going to get to do it the way that I want to do it, it's not as fulfilling. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And I completely understand what you're saying. Right. It just becomes a, a different kind of job that it's not really art it's kind of like right forcing it right right so i i try to find a middle ground you know i will release a single ahead of time for this album mm-hmm. because you know it'll it'll help boost the numbers a little so bit you're and, not really sorry to cut you off but you're yeah. not really conscious of like and what i meant by like it diminishes the art as like cutting down songs mm-hmm. like from like five like if take it back was a three minute song yeah like, no, no, that that never happens. The song, the song is going to be what it's going to be. The only, the only, the only thing that I've done in relation to that is um, intros are a big deal, right? So, uh, Dear McCracken just starts right. Mm-hmm. First beat of that song is I just stepped on a plane, right? And I, I can't say for certain, but I would imagine that the fact that that song just starts and just kind of pulls people in, had a lot to do with its success on on Reddit and, and different sites like that. Just to get, you know, it's all a funnel, right? If you get a thousand people that click on it, you're just going to lose them slowly through time. You can you, you just watch the numbers, right? Like 50% make it to two minutes and 25% make it to the end, whatever it is. So the more people you can kind of keep on the train um, and you have you have 30 seconds really to, to hook people. And so I've definitely taken that into account where kind of playing to the times and like the kids who are listening in a sense i think personally for my music it actually works better because on torn between a couple there's quite a few songs key to being lonely the the main one uh that just had these long like 30 second instrumental instru- uh, intros that didn't do anything they weren't musically interesting um and you so don't think they were like integrated into the song or is that what you're trying to say? I, I, what, what I mean is like, I just like key to be alone is perfect example. That song starts with like a 30 second, just kind of like four chord intro that it's the chords of the song and nothing more yeah. than that. Right. It's not interesting. There's no reason that if you just came across it, you would be like, I'm interested in this song. If I had just started the song by saying, Sarah, you're the only girl for me. That mm. is something, right? Like it's it's something that could draw the listener in and maybe it would have been more successful up front. Yeah. Uh, and so I think what I've learned is that my strengths are not musical intros, right? I, I'm not that great of a musician. I'm a better lyricist. So I need to put my lyrics up front. I need to start singing or talking or you know, telling the story, uh, getting to the point quicker than what I was. Um, and so I've, I've adjusted my music in that way. Um, but I think that's made it stronger because I, I was doing it in a way that I I just feel wasn't very effective or, or playing to my strengths. How much creativity have you found 
during like quarantine and everything being shut down has it been hard like everybody's going like for me and talking to other people there's kind of like these waves of like oh, i need an online shop this week yeah like to to cure my depression or yeah. whatever <laughs> and going through these different phases of like ah oh, this week i have to work out um but creativity wise mm-hmm. have you just been up and down or do you usually can tap into something yeah so i mean luckily for me um just the timing wasn't wasn't the worst um we kickstarted the new album in january and so you know quarantine started in march i was going to be recording this album at this time anyway and luckily i i have my home studio that i'm recording in so um the only thing we had to change was that my bandmates recorded their parts remotely and sent them sent me files rather than uh we had planned to go into a studio for for certain things but that ended up not being uh safe or um able to do that so uh we recorded it remotely but besides that you know there's just a lot of work that goes into it and so i have been working on the new album honestly so writing it and recording it which you know recording it's not as creative it's more do it do it right yeah you did it wrong go do it again uh over and over again listen to it 40 times make sure you didn't get it slightly off go fix it uh send it to people what do they say they think it sounds bad okay try again um and so there are creative parts to that, but not the kind of songwriting creativity that I I prefer. Um, so I, I haven't had as much time to do that just because I've been so like heads down working on the album. Yeah. Um, when you go when you go tour, actually, how many dates did you have to cancel just throughout quarantine? Because you were them. about to go to like the East Coast, right? Yeah. I think you posted so it, you were about to go. I on missed tour. A, I missed a date in Virginia. I missed uh, a West Coast thing we were going to do for a week in May. And then we were supposed to be going East Coast up to like Canada and and Michigan uh, in August and uh, canceled that as well. So and we have no we have no uh, no planned shows right now. Not yeah. until that's crazy. Not until things change, um, which for me, you know, I I feel for the artists who do this full time who rely on touring to make their income. Um, because for me, it was something that I only did two or three weeks a year anyway. Um, at this, at this stage, because getting time off of work, that's about as, as much as I could do, um, in between kind of family vacations and things like that. I really only had so much time that I could actually go and tour. Um, so it canceled all my plans for the year, but, um, the majority of my time is is spent in Seattle working on, you know, recording or writing anyway. Do you like, because through, through like the last four or five years, there's performances that always pop up on YouTube and such, and you usually play with a different amount of people every single time. Do you, um, do you prefer going solo or do you prefer going with like the two guitarists, bass and drummer? Yeah. Sometimes you have bongos in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, what um, do you prefer? It Honestly, it depends. Um, if I'm playing, if I'm playing, uh, listen to your mom. If I'm playing uh, slow burn, um, I I like being by myself. And, and we'll do that sometimes. If I'm going to play listen to your mom in a full band set, I'll normally give the band a break. Um, 
I don't mind doing it solo. Uh, a, a song that comes to mind, Point to Prove, is one that I prefer playing solo just because it feels so personal and so me that uh, it, it kind of works a little better if I'm just kind of the only one playing it. Um, but then a, a song like Disco in the Panic Room or, or Boogie Pete or Key to Being Lonely where the band just amps it up to, you know, the next level. It, yeah. you know, it, it, it's a difference between do I want the people to sit there silently and listen to what I'm saying or do I want them to like dance and have fun and sing mm-hmm. along? Um, and because my, I, I feel my, my discography is very varied, it, it really depends. Um, most of prefer? most of why there are videos of me playing with different people and different arrangements, uh, it has more to do with just uh, logistics than anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to Texas for three shows at the end of November, um, and I knew that each of those shows paid a hundred dollars, and to fly all three of us out uh, and. And, you know, all the flights and hotels and meals and everything, it just wasn't going to pay off. Um, I broke even just going by myself. Um, and so it's just one of those things that I, I, I have to kind of play it by, you know, how, how it'll work out with, you know, because all my bandmates, they also work full time. So lining up our vacations, uh, you know, yeah. not only am I dealing with, oh, I need to figure out, uh, I got to go see my parents. So I only have like two weeks, but then, you know, my bassist and my, my drummer, you know, my drummer has two dogs and a fiance and he needs to figure out what he's doing with his dogs when he like goes with me. Um, so do you ever look at it as maybe you should just take it solo? Uh, it... or do you just like the group setting of it? I, I love playing with the band, if that's what you mean. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to give that up. And I think the way that I've kind of structured it, because there's been different phases. So in the tour between a couple of days, it was just me because I was just making music in my closet and playing at open mics around Seattle. And then once McCracken started to take off, I added some people to the band because it was like, I want to play these songs like they sound on the album. I want you know people to hear drums and you know bass guitar. Uh, and so we had four of us and then... Um, kind of went back down to two, um, kind of after the rough draft came out. And then my, my best friend from college, um, Kyle, he has played with us on every tour we've ever done, but, uh, he's never actually recorded for uh, a bug hunter album before until this, this new upcoming album. This will be his first album that he's actually like doing the, the drums for, um, and so I, I love playing with the band, but the way that I've kind of structured it because, you know, everybody has their own lives and we're not doing this full time. And, you know, I can't guarantee that I will have my band available to available to me at all times. Um, I've structured the band in such a way that like, if I say that Bug Hunter is going to be in Texas, uh, people need to be prepared for, it could just be me or it could be me and the band or me and just Kyle or me and just Jesse. Um, and, have it still be okay. And I found that people are really cool with that, which is, which is yeah. great. Um, I haven't, you're there. yeah, I haven't, I haven't found that people are like, Oh, it's just bug. Uh, I, I wouldn't have come if I knew it was just going to be him. Um, I found that, you know, people are, are excited to hear the music in whatever form we're able to present it. Do you, is it almost scary envisioning a world where it's just, just you playing music? No, no full time job. 
like almost not, like scary in the in the way of like there is like a risk to just dropping everything and yeah. heading into it. Yeah. Just full just full on like oh, this could fail. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's something that I revisit every couple of months. You know, I'll look and see, okay, what's what's Spotify paying me at this level? You know, if I if I maintain this number of streams per day, uh, you know, what is that number at the end of the month? And then I look for other avenues. You know, um, I can't tour, but I still sell T-shirts on my site, and I've been doing a lot of uh, handwritten. Um, like lyric sheets and postcards. So I'll write the full lyrics to one of my songs on like an eight and a half by 11 piece of cardstock. And I will mail that to somebody and sign it. And I found, I found a lot of success in that, which I think for me, uh, you know, not every band could get away with that strategy, but because so many people listen to Bug Hunter for uh, the lyricism, um, it kind of works a little better for us where people want the the handwritten lyrics um because in in general depending on the song you know it's it's the lyrics are meaningful to them or or they connect with them in a certain way um and you know some bands are more like jam bands right where it's more about the rhythm and the technicality of playing the music where maybe their their lyrics aren't their their strong suit that attracts people to the band that makes sense that makes (laughs) yeah um can I? I need to ask you about McCracken. Sorry, okay. I have you here. I need to. Yeah. When, when did that like experience just turn in? Like you're like, oh, this is. A, I have a fucking song here. <laughs> like when does that? When does that just click? And people talk about like their hits. Yeah. Like so many songs take so long to write, three yeah. or four months. But you know their their main song just took like oh i wrote this yeah. in 30 minutes like yeah. it just came out really quick yeah like what was the experience of just writing that yeah that song and having that like be almost like your baby in some way yeah of just like taking yeah. you um so it actually happened right so to get that out of the way the song yeah. is, a, is a true story um it's too so, specific to be yeah to be yeah yeah um and so that that happened um would have been October of 2016, probably. Yeah, that sounds right. And so it happened, and I I texted myself, you know, as as I was getting off the plane, like, hey, remember this, um, you know, so come back to later. And it was, it was maybe like a week later, playing with some chords, you know, got a melody. And, uh, you know, then it starts, I just stepped on a plane, right? And uh, I wrote, I wrote Dear McCracken, from I just stepped on a plane to the end of the bridge in mm. probably 30 minutes. And I would say I've only, I only changed two or three lines. And you can go on YouTube and you can see an early version of McCracken that was actually that first draft. Uh, and then just a couple of things I changed when I was ready to release it. And then I put it in my drawer and it sat there for about six months. And... I was nearing the end of recording Torn Between a Couple and I pulled it back out and I played it. And I was like, oh, this song was cool. This was actually a neat idea. I liked this. And then I wrote the end. So everything from I just stepped off a plane to in the rough draft, she loved you. Uh, and I got chills. I, like, yeah. I wrote it and I was like, whoa, 
I was like, I'm wait, the fucking best. <laughs> yeah, this is this. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, in general, I, I, you know, I, you know, we we'd see each other maybe like once a week, once every two weeks. She she lived about an hour away, and in general, when she was over, I wasn't like, hey, let me play you guitar. You know, we would just hang out, do other things, and for some like that song, I was like, hey, can you listen to this and just like. Let me know <laughs> what you think of it. This is the first time I ever did that. Um, and I played her, you know, Dear McCracken. And she was like, whoa, that was that was something. Um, I was like, cool, 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 cool. And then uh, I was down in Oregon. And Kyle, my drummer, had driven up from California to meet me to play on KBVR. Um and this is if you go on my YouTube, there's a there's a, like five videos of me playing yeah, songs yeah. with Kyle, and we played like five songs off of Tour Between a Couple. And before we went on, I was like, "Hey, I got this new song. Let me play it for you." And he's kind of like fiddling with his drums and whatever. And I play him Dear McCracken, and uh, he told me later he didn't really care for it. <laughs> <laughs> he likes it now, but the first first impression was he's like, "Ah, whatever." Um, and then I played it live for the first time by myself maybe in March of 2017. It was actually the Tour Between a Couple release show. And uh, my brother was there and he said he just got chills. He said just hearing the ending, he just got chills. And, you know, that hadn't happened up until that point. Um, And so it was kind of a a new feeling. And then, you know, slowly I, I played it at a talent show for my work. And people were like, whoa, like, it's a good song. It's like actually like pretty good. Um... Because like, like I said, I've been playing I've been playing music for years. At this point, I had two albums out, and um, and so it was at that point I was like, okay, I got something here, and I didn't I didn't know that it was going to turn into what it did. Um, I was just like, cool, I wrote a better song than I normally do. Yeah. Um, but then when it started to kind of take off on Reddit, and then you know that that high schooler made the the animation for it, and then that you know kind of blew up too. I was like, okay. People really yeah. like this song. People are people see themselves in this song, um, and you know, in, in a way that I, I definitely couldn't have anticipated uh, in a million years. People who sometimes have like you know not one hit wonders, but people who have like three or four songs who kind of like define them. Talk mm-hmm. about trying to recapture yeah. that song almost in yeah. popularity or in their songwriting. Yeah. Do you go? In your mind, are you cognitively like, I need to make a new McCracken, or no. are you just like, I just need to keep yeah. funneling out music yeah. and no, and that's whatever and that, I like. That's specifically what I, I know not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess going forward, because Dear McCracken is what it is, right? And I'm not, I'm not going to be able to recapture that particular lightning in a bottle in a different song, right? Um, but what I've learned is that there's a million things to write songs about right that one is about the things that we don't tell each other when we probably should right but then i have another song about my brother's asshole friend pete who gets drunk and turns into a really fun guy uh those two topics are very different from each other um but equally valid to write a song about right so uh, i think and i put this in the description for our kickstarter for the new album i was like i'm not gonna write dear mccracken 2 this time i'm on a spaceship uh you know there's no one-upping dear mccracken and what it is and it's so i have to i have to find new avenues new 
new things to write about um, and in different ways. You know, um, this third person love song is its its own thing. Um, and I can't I can't recapture it. I can't re- recreate it. Um, but what I found is that, you know, Dear McCracken is our most popular song, but if you if you talk to our 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 fans, the ones who they've heard every song on on our albums, um, they generally don't rank it as their favorite. Um, yeah, they they found something else that they connect with. Um, where something like "Listen to Your Mom" or "Take It Back," um, you know, they're not the same style or structure or or content. They're their own thing. Um, yeah, and I try to capture something new in every song. Um, and maybe, maybe Dear McCracken, just that sentiment was just, it resonated with more people, you know, yeah. more, more broadly. And I think the really going back to Spotify and mm-hmm. in that song, you, you hear that song, you're just like, oh fuck, I need to listen to every single, <laughs> and it's so easy. You know, you just click on, click on, click on your name and then. Mm-hmm. Here's two full albums. I yeah. can go listen to this guy for twenty for two three hours. And yeah. just be like almost lost in <laughs> lost in the shuffle of yeah. story to, so, story after story after yeah. story. Um, yeah, just that song is so. It just it work. I, yeah. I loved when when you said just like it grabs you really quickly. Yeah, just like in the first second you just start talking and you're yeah. just into this story. Yeah, are you? Do you like almost do you what am I trying to say? Uh, <laughs> do you try to capture the like storytelling in each song or like when you're approaching your lyrics yeah. of every single song, yeah, yeah. do you try to like is it is the story, the overall like thread important in every single song or is just each one is what it is? Not almost? not always, yeah. So I, I feel like I have two kind of different styles of of song one is narrative and very story-like so mccracken obviously um be glad i love you also kind of gives little snippets that kind of contribute to a, a, a kind of paint a picture um other songs are more like lyric and creative writing sandboxes um so the example of that would be uh who I'm singing to, making up words, uh, disco in the panic room, uh, it's all right. Songs like I am just kind of flexing lyrical muscles a bit when I wrote those songs, where maybe they aren't telling a story. You know, making up words isn't telling a story. Um, it's just kind of getting an idea across, I guess, uh, getting a theme across. Um, and so, not not every song needs to have characters and and kind of have a satisfying conclusion some are just about you know or my my outlook on on some topic um making up words specifically is about just trying to be heard in a sea of content and doing something original um and so how long does it usually take you to like attach whatever mood of the song or like theme of the song is to the like overall all the lyrics to it yeah, it, it's it's normally pretty quick. You know, I can I can get I can get through a verse and a and a first chorus pretty quickly, and then I have to decide at that point: is this anything? You know, do I do I got something here? Is this even worth? Um, you know, maybe save the melody, but come back to it later. Um, 
And then from there, and this is something that I, I can tell that I've gotten better at since, you know, my first album where a lot of times, okay, write something, write a first verse, cool, done, write a chorus. Ooh, the chorus kind of has like a cool like theme to it. Write a second verse that's kind of like within that theme. All right, chorus again, bridge, keep it on topic. But then when you go back to that first verse, it wasn't, I hadn't really decided what the song was about when I wrote that first verse, but I like how it sounds. Uh, so now it's just there. <laughs> and uh, how it's does it- like a big puzzle. Yeah, it's like, how does it interplay it with the rest of it? It doesn't really. Uh, that's kind of how songs would go initially for me. Um, as I've grown as a writer, uh, I've, I've, I know now that I need to circle back to that first verse. And I need to say, be honest with myself, does this verse actually fit this song or do I like something clever in it that I said or a cool rhyme? Um, and by doing so, I think I've improved the song so that they stay on topic throughout, you know, the, the, either the imagery or the, or the story is, is um, coherent throughout the entire song. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like Especially, especially the new songs um, for the new album, they're all very much their own little bubble of every, every lyric, every line contributes to the song. Um, mm -hmm. And if it didn't, I cut it or I rewrote it um, because I don't want to have, you know, some people may not notice it, but I notice it. You know, if I listen back, I'm like, eh, that wasn't, that wasn't as strong as it could have been. Um, I've I've done away with those thoughts for all the new songs, uh, and every line is is meant to be there um, and contributing. Yeah, the that's what I was gonna finish with this new album. Like, did you? Because the rough draft is is so powerful yeah. and like communicating to your audience. Like, I am a storyteller. Like. Yeah. You kind of just have to like, I just like to shut off everything and yeah. almost go biking and just listen to your album and revisit every single song. Yeah. To be honest, some of some of the songs, I, I know the lyrics and everything, but I can't, I don't know the name of the song. Yeah. So I just put it on and I just go. Yeah. Um. Did you like, how long did it take you to put together this album, this new album? And like, what are your overall, obviously you love it. Because it's it's yours. You have yeah. such such an attachment. But yeah. what I don't even I don't want to be like what what can we expect? Because yeah. it's so like uh, Variety <laughs> magazine. But um, how like what are your thoughts? What are you like going into releasing it? Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely daunting for me because I recognize that people love the rough draft. Um, we're not we're not big enough to have haters. Um, we're we're small enough to have ignorers. If you hear my music and you don't like it, you just move on to the next thing. Uh, so the people in our sphere love that album, um, and it's I'm I'm proud of every song on it. You know, I I, I look back at it, I'm like that was a strong album. Um, that was you know a year year and a half's worth worth of work that um, ended up being you know, more than what I thought it could be, you know? Um, and so I wasn't going to rush this album. I wasn't going to be like, okay, we're going to follow it up in six months and, and do something new. I'm just going to write songs. And when it was ready, it was, it was ready. 
Um, and so I obviously started with Take It Back. Take It Back was a song that I wrote for the rough draft, but it, it didn't fit onto the rough draft um, because, you know, I, I, I did release the rough draft as an album in that there is a, there is an overarching theme to the rough draft. And, and for me, Take It Back, uh, it felt too big for that album. And I wanted to give it more attention and not just be another song on the rough draft. Um, I really wanted to dive in to what Take It Back meant to me and kind of delving into the themes that it kind of brings up in uh, in different ways. And so we saved it off the rough draft and decided it would be kind of the first single that we would release um, ahead of this new album. And... Uh, as I, as I wrote the songs, you know, they, they'd kind of come into shape where it's like, okay, I got like two or three like strong ones, a couple of like concepts that are okay. But then at the end of last year, I had just gotten married. I wrote, you know, October, November were just, I don't know what it was, but I was just, I was writing a lot and I was writing things that I loved. Um, and once I realized kind of how I was going to structure the new album, um, it became it became easier because I knew what I needed, right? Um, where the rough draft was like, I had pieces, I had a bunch of different pieces and I had to decide how could I take these pieces and fit them together into something kind of larger um, or had a, 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 a bigger message um, than their individual parts. But with this album, I was like, okay, I have these nine songs and I know that one of them is Take It Back. And I know what I want song one two, three, and four to say, and I know what songs six, seven, eight, and nine, I know what I want them to say. Um, so now I need to write those songs to deliver those messages. Um, mm. And they all need to stand on their own, right? That was that was the thing. I need someone to be able to listen to one song in, in a vacuum, in isolation, and still love it. Uh, but I, I wanted them to also work together. So there's a lot of a lot of cross imagery, a lot of things that get you know brought up in song one, and then again referenced in song seven, um, and it's all it's all very subtle, right? It's it's not something that is distracting. You don't need to listen to the first song to understand the seventh song, but I think you get a deeper appreciation for kind of the overarching themes if you do. Um, and so for me, instead of taking pieces and fitting them into a puzzle, it was just like creating the pieces uh, with the finished product in mind. Like I knew what I wanted it to look like, so here's what I need to create to, mm -hmm. to do it. Um, and so that approach, I think, is going to make it a more cohesive album overall. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm super happy with how yeah. it's turned out, um, I think. I don't think that this album is going to release and people are going to say the nine songs on this album are the best nine Bug Hunter songs. But I do think it is the best Bug Hunter album. Um, and the songs will naturally intermingle with yeah. the rest of my songs, right? Like I'm not, I'm not trying to to kill McCracken and Disco yeah. and, you know, be glad I love you. They're always going to be really great songs that I'm really proud of writing. And so if, as long as this album is kind of represented equally in people's, you know, top five list, you know, if, if two of the songs make their top five list, 
I did what I set out to do, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be five out of five. I want to be, you know, one, two, or three out of five. I want it to fit kind of naturally into the discography um, because there's there's really no point in trying to keep topping what you did before. Um, it, it, there's different things are going to resonate with different people. You know, you told me when we started this conversation that take it back and listen to your mom were like two of your favorites, right? Mm -hmm. But there are definitely people out there who will skip those songs every time because they want to listen to Disco in the Panic Room and Boogie Pete. Uh, And so I'm just trying to write, you know, as many many songs, as many stories, as many ideas uh, from my perspective that, hopefully people will resonate with and they won't resonate with all of them. You know, it's just, that's just how it goes. Um, you know, I've, I've had people tell me that they hate listening to your mom. Uh, and that's fine. You know, maybe they, yeah. some people said I didn't have a good relationship with my mom. And so I don't even, I don't listen to that song. And, uh, you know, so I try to keep every song. I don't try to compare them to each other in, in those terms because some people will, feel them very differently I guess I'm just not strong enough and like Amy I'm just no good it's a constant mental battle do I deal with all your drama despite the fact that I love you Mrs. Feeling like a never-ending saga I should have no expectations but I just can't seem to shake the hopes and dreams I have for us and the memories I want to make I should be happy alone Yes, this I know for sure But every time that I try I just end up feeling hurt I'm too easy on myself I know others have it worse So I'll get up tomorrow and Just write one more verse I know I'm being selfish But so are all of you I mean, what else can I offer? No, what would you like me to do? I can't seem to trust you all I really wish I could I guess I'm just not strong enough I wish you understood